It's okay to clap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. Man, it, it, it's incredible to see God moving in our church. And I know that is a ton of information out front. And you probably have tons of questions. Um, as you leave today, you will receive one of these, uh, one kind of midpoint brochures that has some more information. But I always want to make myself available. I will be in the lobby. Um, and if you have questions about what's going on or what does this mean or anything, um, I, I will say this. I said this in the first service too. I know um, it could seem like, um, because I just wanna wanna squash this like, okay, with Haywood, I might be close, I live closer that way, and I don't wanna hurt Dustin's feelings. Man, we are a sending church. And so if God is calling you to be a part of that core group, when we launch that, you have my blessing, right? Um, you, You have my blessing to go and to be a part of that. Of course, that's sad, but at the same time, that's how we grow and continue to just um, advance our reach into the upstate. Um, and so just know that, um, that it's not going to be hard feelings if you s- decide, hey, I live close that way. Um, you know, uh, Dallas is better looking than you or whatever. It, listen, if you go to a church because you think the pastor's better looking, you got other problems, okay? But, um, but anyway, um, just so you know that, And so let's dig into God's word and kind of wrap this around what God is doing in our future. We're going to be in Romans uh, 12 this morning. And like I said, this will be super short. So I'm going to fly through this um, and I'll close it at the end, obviously, um, kind of wrap a, a bow on this. But in Romans 12, we have this guy named Paul, the Apostle Paul, who you want to talk about someone who knew unity and knew about planting churches and church growth. This is the expert, right? This is the guy in the New Testament that we see go from killing Christians to a, to a place where he encounters Jesus. His life is dramatically transformed. And he begins these missionary journeys going from places that don't have churches and establishing these churches and, and creating and, and um, building leaders at these places. The entire New Testament is really him writing letters to, so that they will be on course on the mission that you see the church in Corinth, they kind of veer this way. And he said, whoa, 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 let me tell you, you got to get back on track. Or the church in Ephesus, hey, you're doing this. Let me kind of remind you of some things so that they could be unified in this mission. And so Paul in Romans 12 really kind of sheds some light on some things uh, that I believe that uh, we need to know as a church, as a campus, and as believers. So chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Paul says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, he's like, I'm asking, I'm begging you by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Paul's saying, be humble. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members uh, do not all have the same function. So we, though many, 
are one body in Christ and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. And in the following verses, Paul says, here's some different gifts. So here's what this means. Three points this morning. If you're taking notes, they'll be on the screen as well. For us to have missional unity, missional unity demands mutual surrender of self. Now, I know that's kind of wordy, so let's kind of break this down. Paul says, and he's, he's begging and pleading, he says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. For there to be unity amongst our church, there, t- there takes sacrifice. That, that is true of anything. If you're married, you know, for you to have unity in your marriage, it's gonna take some sacrifice. It's not just about your needs being met, it takes some sacrifice. Now, this might seem harsh, but there are so many churches that are arguing about the the color of the carpet while they are on life support. The church is burning down and they're arguing and they're disunified, to be quite honest, about the stupidest stuff. (laughs) And for us as a church, we want to start in this great place of humility to surrender to ourselves, to say, it's not about me. It's not about my preferences. It's not about all of my wants. So kind of put this in perspective, as we hear Wayne's um, update, it could be very easy for us to say, well, Harrison Branch gets a new worship center and all this stuff is happening at Haywood. What about us, you know? Like, trust me, I want a bigger space, you know? Our kids, they want a bigger space. I, I get that. But at the same time, what is happening in the growth of Harrison Bridge is something for us not to be selfish about, but to us to sell, for us to celebrate. And it starts with mutual surrender. Man, what God is doing at Harrison Bridge, we should celebrate that because it's about the mission and lives being changed. In the same way, if you've been a part of Five Forks, you know, as Wayne was mentioning, Man, we've been walking through several different doors trying to figure out, okay, do we need to buy land? Do we need to buy a permanent space? Can we offer the doctors here to say, can we expand into your space? All these different things. And God's timing has not lined up with our selfish desires, you know? And so I would rather wait and be patient and say, you know what? We're gonna work on God's timing because it's not about me and it's not about you so that God can be honored in this. And we're going to take the time and say, whatever, we're going to walk through those things. Sure, we've been looking at all those paths, but the timing is not right. And I don't know about you, I'd rather this place be obedient to God's timing than to be selfish on our timing. And so that's where we're at right now as a campus. But that starts with this mutual surrender that every single one of us are are surrendering to ourself. There's a reason that Jesus taught in Matthew 16 and all throughout the gospels. If anyone is going to follow me, he must what? Deny himself, right? Take up his cross daily and follow me. So think about this. It's all about, as believers, denying ourselves. I I wrote this down. You might think this is too harsh, but that's okay. You cannot follow Jesus fully when you think about yourself primarily. When all we do is think about ourselves, man, it's really difficult to follow Jesus, right? It's really difficult for us to go after him and to to pursue him and to say, it's all about Jesus when we elevate ourselves to the level of Jesus or even before then. It's like, let me have all my priorities met. This should not be a place that on Sunday mornings, 
you walk out of and be like, I didn't really like that song. You know, that wasn't my favorite stuff. And Dustin, that wasn't really funny or inspirational, you know, or whatever. This should be a place that we come together and collectively we set our needs aside and just worship Jesus. Worship who he is and what he's doing. And so as a church, we have to mutually surrender to self. Number two, we have to, uh, missional unity will only happen by God's grace. So Paul says this in verse six, that having the gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. You and me, every single one of us have different gifts. We have different uh, abilities in this room. And what Paul is saying is, man, one, that points to the beauty of who, who God is as creator, that it would be pretty boring if every single one of us just did the same thing, right? Now, where, where I'm strong, you might be weak. Where you're strong, I might be weak. And there's this beauty of unifying us together that makes us stronger when we are coming to the table and we say, by the grace that God has given us, here's our gifts, and we have to realize they're not your gifts. They're God's gifts given to you for us to use. And he says, so according to this grace, we need, um, we have all of these gifts to play into the picture that you and I have something to offer to, um, to this faith family collectively. So for us to bring those to the table each and every day, once again, that's a part of surrender for us to say, okay, God, use me. However, whatever you wanna do, use me. And then finally, the third point this morning is that missional unity requires collective stewardship. And in the same verse, verse six, Paul says, having gifts that differ accordingly, according uh, to the grace given to us, let us use them. So essentially what Paul is saying is do something. Don't just sit on your hands don't just be a, a, a consumer to church. Be a participant. Every single one of us in this room can participate in this mission. We all have a calling to do something. Don't just come in here and be like, that was great. Let me get to lunch. I wish you would finish up. You know, there are things that you and I, that God has given us in these gifts to use those gifts. What is the good of having those gifts if we do not use them? I'll be honest, it's once again, putting ourselves before those things. And so let me kind of just say this in closing and um, of where we're at, because really the next step for us as a campus is to move to 845. And I shared this a, a few weeks, if not a couple months ago, and lots of people stepped up and met some needs. But as I said, as we've doubled in attendance as a church and in our kids ministry, and as we go to an 845 service, um, we need people. We need volunteers. And you might be thinking, Dustin, you're always asking for volunteers. Well, if people stepped up, I would stop asking. I'm just saying, okay? So uh, I'll play Holy Spirit for a little bit. Um, and as we go to an 845 service, for us to continue to love on families and to keep, continue to meet the needs of our campus, it takes people. And so just a couple things to kind of put it in perspective. For us to start an 845 service, we need um, 14 kids volunteers for that service. And so if you're like, hey, I'll, I'll do that. I'll, I'll serve at 845 and then at 10, uh, the 10 o'clock or whatever. Maybe you wanna say, I'll serve at 845 and 10 and then uh, 10 to 11, 15, whatever. However God orchestrates that. But if you would be interested in doing that, 
feel free to contact um, Jill, our, our kids coordinator. Go see her um, right after the service. Beeline it. Don't be like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I feel convicted now. But then life will happen and not step up. Man, get, get involved and, and be a part of that. So we need 14 volunteers there. We need um, four more volunteers um, at our 10 o'clock in kids and four more at our 1115 service. And so to love on kids well, to make sure they're being invested into and poured into, we need volunteers to do that. We also need volunteers in our parking lot. Now, you might think, think like, our parking lot, like they just are out there. Like, what are, what are they really doing? All right, let me tell you this. You and I both know that first impressions mean a ton. And there are a lot of people, some of us in this room, that when we pull up and we're checking church, it can be overwhelming that when we pull up and we see someone waving and smiling and showing us where to park, it is a huge relief because we come to church with a lot of different baggage. And so that team is a great first impression. And I'm telling you not to diminish that role, but really how hard is it to stand in the parking lot and be like, Okay, all right. Now, if you're like Eeyore and you hate people, don't do that and don't serve in kids, okay? Um, but maybe you wanna be on our connections team and greet and just same thing. Hey, how's it going? We're so glad you're here. Oh, it's your first time. Hey, there's coffee over here, bathroom over here. Just, we want that, that kind of spirit in this place. And then maybe you wanna serve in students. I'm gonna tell you, as a dad of two middle schoolers, there is something special, I'm just throwing this out there, that as a dad, I say one thing and they're like, dad, you're, uh, you're supposed to say that, right? But then one of our student leaders says the same exact thing and then it comes across like more cooler, okay? And they're like, oh yeah, and they listen to them, you know? But there's something special. I want to, as a dad, widen the circle of leaders and adults who are pouring into my kids. And so we need people that, say, you know what, I want to invest in some middle school and high school students. And Brandon and our leaders are doing an incredible job with that. And so I say all that as Paul is saying, let us use them. Do something. Take a step. Do not just be a consumer. Be a participator in what God is doing in this place. Do not let your gifts, your abilities go to waste. And do not just sit on the sidelines and be like, I'll let someone else do that. Jump in. I will tell you, you will be blessed beyond measure of the way that you pour into people's lives, what God will teach you in that. And so, hey, let me pray for us and then we'll close and worship together. Father, I thank you so much for being an incredible God that calls us and, and uses us even when we do not deserve it. And God, I know for many of us in this room, we're all busy. We are all so busy. We have lives that it's just, we gotta get to lunch, we gotta do this with the family, we got errands to run on a Sunday. But Father, I pray that it's specifically on Sunday that we make it a priority to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, that that is our worship. And that as we do that in, in a unified spirit, that God, you will continue to see lives radically changed, not because of us, but in spite of us, to go and to step into a relationship with you. And so Father, as we worship this morning, as we close our time together, we're thankful for a God that changes lives, that brought us into this relationship to be with you so that we can point other people and help other people do the same. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Hey, let's stand. Let's close and worship together.